Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you up until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at 88, and check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have a fantasy baseball stock watch article that is done. Should be up sometime today, the latest tomorrow. So you can check that out. Also have a look at Ross Stripling. In fact, I just got a question on the message board asking about Ross Stripling. And uh, hopefully when you ask your questions, you also do read the articles. Fine. Sometimes people don't do that. But uh, I was asking about Ross Stripling and Martin Perez. So I wrote in depth about Ross Stripling yesterday. And he did make a start and... We all knew he wasn't going deep into that game. He was going to throw 60 pitches of four innings, wound up being three. So remember, he had not started since April 25th. So there's still April 24th, something like that. But basically two months. So they're still stretching him out. But I do think he has a good value for the rest of the way, especially with Rich Hill potentially not returning for a while. So you can read in depth about that. We also have you prepared for the fantasy football season. As you can take a look at the latest team outlook from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. He's looking at the Carolina Panthers. Should you be drafting Cam Newton? Can Christian McCaffrey repeat? How high should you be drafting DJ Moore? Get all those answers in that Panthers team outlook. Uh, as uh, He has already completed the AFC and now rolling into the NFC. So it's almost done. A lot of work being put into that. So take advantage of that. Uh, Dr. Odo with his team outlooks, latest look at the Falcons. And if you have any questions, uh, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums. There's uh, a lot of questions being asked there now. We're starting to get some football questions as well, so you know the season is getting closer. But we got you covered, football, baseball, whatever it is. Become a member today and take advantage and get the uh, answers relatively quickly. I try to check the message board as often as, as possible. Uh, this is a busy week for me, though. I'll be going to the uh, FSGA event the next couple of days. Uh, looks like I got a Met game over the weekend, part of the FSGA event. So uh, we'll be a busy few days here. Of course, we got you covered, DFS. Uh, for baseball, you can read the articles from today. There was one for the early slate. There'll be for the night slate as well. Uh, the optimizer... Uh, as well as Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. And, of course, play FFWC.com. Hop in a draft. Right now we've got a starter full season league tonight. 18 rounds, 90-second clock, $35 to enter. Eight seats left. It begins at 9 p.m. Eastern. Then there's an online championship draft at 11 p.m. Eastern for all you late-night folks on the East Coast or on the West Coast. Uh, we, we look out for you guys, too. It starts 8 p.m. Pacific. There's a starter best ball draft. 
uh, on Thursday night at 9.30 p.m., six spots left in that one. So there's uh, plenty of drafts over the next uh, pretty much every day leading up to the season, different price points, different times. Uh, you can do a slow draft all at once, whatever you want. Check it out. Play FFWC.com. I'll have Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. He'll join me in the next segment. We'll talk football with him. Obviously, he's doing a ton of drafts right now. Uh, also providing great content over at FFChamps.com, so make sure you check them out as well. Uh, let's take a look at some of the baseball news. Once again, Andrew Benatendi not in the lineup today. You know, I saw he wasn't in the lineup yesterday. Thought it was just an off day. Then I saw he wasn't in the lineup again this afternoon, and I was like, okay, what is going on? Well, they're saying he's not in the lineup because his legs felt heavy after Sunday's game. Okay, uh, not sure what that means, but um, the Red Sox uh, after today, uh, I believe, I, I think they have two days off. I know they're going to London to play the Yankees on Saturday and Sunday, but he is expected to be ready uh, to play in that series. Yoan Moncada left today's game. He was hit in the knee by a Chris Zell pitch. Uh, they're saying that he has a right knee contusion and he's listed as day-to-day. So at least it wasn't the back that kept him sidelined. So some uh, decent news there for Mankata, who's uh, started to pick it up and heat up once again. The Diamondbacks have activated Jake Lamb from the 10-day injury list. So he's been out since the beginning of the year with a left quad strain. He had 12 rehab games. Uh, he is in the lineup today at first base. So... We'll see what happens with Christian Walker. Uh, it probably hurts him a little bit. I don't know if it'll be a platoon. You know, they could move uh, some guys around here. Uh, maybe they could put Lamb at third base occasionally and move Escobar to second and Cattell Marte in center field. So uh, I have Lamb and Tal Wars on the injured list, so I got to make a decision by next week what to do with him. I don't see him as a guy that I can put in. It's a weekly league, so... Uh, I'm interested to see how the playing time transpires over the next few days uh, to see what he can do. You know, we know he's had a tough time hitting lefties in the past, so uh, don't think he's someone that you have to pick up right now. But definitely Christian Walker owners have to be a little bit concerned that he could lose some playing time. And there was a question or two about Christian Walker on the message board over the last couple days. John Means will join the Orioles rotation on Friday against the Indians. He's been really good this year. He missed uh, time over the last week or so with a strained left shoulder. Uh, he's got a 2.67 ERA on the season. Still difficult to see him maintaining that, especially with it heating up uh, and Camden Yards and having to face the Yankees and the Red Sox. But, you know, he's done a really good job so far. Uh, Tim Anderson uh, hurt his ankle pretty badly yesterday. They're calling it a high ankle sprain, and I don't think they've officially placed him on the injured list, but he's going to miss time. Uh, and Lurie Garcia is going to move to shortstop. He's got outfield eligibility right now. He's been okay this year, more of a deep league play. I have had him on a roster at times. He's got a little speed, uh, has a lead off, but uh, that could give him a little bit more versatility for the deeper formats. He could gain middle infield eligibility at a certain point. You know, we haven't heard anything about Carlos Carrasco. Uh, someone was asking me about him last week, and I said, you know, there's kind of no news. You kind of have to hold on to him. And I have him in Tout Wars in a online championship league and just holding him. Uh, obviously, in Tout Wars, it's easier because there's IL spots. In the online championship, there isn't. But Carrasco, uh, we just heard that he's playing catch. He played catch on Monday. 
Uh, but obviously, because it's a blood condition, apparently the Indians can't really comment because it's a, you know, it's not a baseball-related injury. It's you know, more personal. So uh, it looks like, you know, maybe after the All-Star break, I don't know. There's really no timetable. I would just say hold on to him for now and let's uh, see if we get any further update. Giancarlo Stanton had an MRI on his right knee, and there was no new injury. He is sore and stiff, but no swelling. And for now, the team thinks he will avoid the injured list. Remember, the Yankees go to London this weekend to play the Red Sox. So the Yankees are off Thursday and Friday. So we'll see if he makes the trip. But for now, it looks like at least he's avoided a serious injury. It has to be very frustrating for Stanton owners this year because of the injuries, he came back, he had a home run, was a very popular play in DFS yesterday in uh, the Tout Wars Daily League that we do each and every Tuesday. Uh, I had Stanton in my lineup. He was 40% owned, and uh, leaving the game early certainly helped uh, hurt. Uh, but it looks like he won't miss an extended period of time, at least for now. It's Stanton, so you never know. Uh, Byron Buxton, uh, he took some swings yesterday. And they said he's feeling better, but there's still some points where he feels that bruise in his hand. So uh, I think they want to get him a couple rehab games. So he's going to take more swings today and then maybe a rehab assignment. So maybe you get him back at the beginning of next week. And just bad timing because Buxton, who I wrote about like three weeks ago, right before I went on vacation, and I was like, no one is talking about Buxton this year. And he's had a really good year. And I said it's a good thing because the only time we talk about Buxton is when he's hurt or when he's really struggling. And that wasn't the case this year. Buxton was off to a really good start. Uh, and uh, you just hope that he can come back and continue to produce as that Twins lineup is rolling. And you're hearing a lot of rumors about the Twins trying to acquire a lever. It says uh, that Will Smith of the Giants is on the radar of the Twins. He should be on the radar of every team. He's been great this year. You know, I really liked him. But I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, how long he would stick with the team. I figured they would trade him. But, man, he has been dominant this year. 1.95 ERA, 32 and a third innings, 49 strikeouts, 7 walks. So uh, he'll be a big pickup for anyone. And it would be huge for the Twins. I would think if the Twins do get him that he would become the closer. I know the Twins and Rocco Badelli have kind of not really had a set closer. We've gone with Taylor Rogers, Blake Parker, Trevor May's been in the mix occasionally. I would think, though, if Smith goes there, that he would become the guy. That would just uh, create more depth uh, in that bullpen. So uh, Madison Bumgarner also rumored to be going to the Twins. So you'd like to see the Twins make a big push. Uh, they've had a great year, and uh, they're going to need more if they want to compete with the Yankees and the Astros in the playoffs. As good a year as they had, still going to be tough, and we've seen it year after year. Uh, the Twins uh when they face the Yankees in the playoffs, it never goes well. I'm hoping it changes this year. I know Yankee fans have other thoughts, but uh, I'd like to see the Twins uh, knock out the Yankees for once. Uh, so some of the other things that uh, stood out uh, for yesterday. Uh, also, uh, Carlos Martinez officially named the closer for the Cardinals going forward. I know we weren't sure about that over the last couple of days, but they did come out and say that Carlos Martinez will close. Uh, we saw a couple of... Uh, Players go back to their old teams, uh, face their old teams yesterday. One was Manny Machado, and pretty much everyone felt like, all right, he's going to homer in Camden Yards against that pitching staff, and he did. Uh, he had a home run 
uh, yesterday. Also reached base three times as the Padres rolled in that one. And Garrett Cole faced his former team, the Pirates, who drafted him. And he wasn't dominant, uh, but he did win six innings, one run. Uh, only three strikeouts, two walks. But Cole's been really good this year. Uh, home runs have hurt him a little bit, but uh, he is second in the major leagues in strikeouts. The only person ahead of him is Max Scherzer, who had a dominant performance yesterday against the Marlins, striking out 10, as we expected. The Indians did confirm that Mike Clevenger will start on Friday against the Orioles in Baltimore. So I took the risk up because they kind of made it uh, – not clear, but the indication was he would start. Uh, I think we did get that news Monday before lineup lock. So I did have Clevenger in my lineups this week. So uh, he was supposed to get a two-start last week. It didn't happen, but uh, he will be back on the mound Friday. So good news for his fantasy owners. Uh, you know, it's a matter of time, I think, before Keston Carey gets the call. I mean, Travis Shaw has done nothing since he came back. I mean, he, for his last 49 plate appearance, he's batting 143, 265 OVP, 286 slugging with two home runs. And no one has been good. I mean, Aguiar hasn't been great. So it's time that Keston Geary gets called up. I mean, he's just mashing in AAA. 307, 395, 627 slugging, seven home runs and 86 plate appearances for AAA since going down. So uh, I told people that had Geary hang on to him. He should be back. We'll see if that does happen. He was probably picked up, I would think, in a lot of leagues by now. But Brandon Workman looks like he's going to close for the Red Sox. I mean, they have been searching for answers. Matt Barnes has gotten opportunities, Ryan Brazier, but it hasn't worked. Now, Workman got a save yesterday. The walks are still high, so that is a concern. 26 walks in 37 innings is not what you want to see from a closer, but he does have 52 strikeouts in those 37 innings, and he's allowed just one home run. So when you are missing bats and you're not allowing home runs, especially in today's environment, it could put you uh, in a position to have success. So if he is available, you're looking for closers, I think he's the guy, at least for now. How about Blake Snell yesterday, man? What a disaster for him. So his previous outing against the Yankees, he only recorded one out, couldn't get out of the first inning. And yesterday, another bad outing for Snell. And I would be buying on Snell right now. And I don't know if his owner is going to sell him, but the velocity is still there. Now, it is possible that he's hiding an injury or he's trying to pitch through it. Or maybe the DL stint from uh, the toe is still a problem. Uh, we've seen he hasn't thrown his curve as much, but the fastball still sit there at 96. And if you look at a lot of the underlying numbers, a lot of it is very, very similar to last year. The big difference is... Some poor luck, and we see this happen a lot. Uh, so it's a bad stretch. It was a bad matchup yesterday against the Twins. I mean, they had seven right-handed bats in the lineup, uh, and we know how good that offense is. You just don't really want to throw your pitcher, but it's Blake's now. He, you drafted him as an ace, and you expected more. So I'm really not concerned about Blake's now at this point. I mean, he was not going to be as good as last year 1.89 ERA we knew that uh, to me he was more of a, a three ERA guy even last year the walk rate was still a little bit of a problem but his batting average of balls of play right now is 357 I mean his career mark is 294 so just a case of uh, of pitching through some poor luck I mean again the velocity is still there and unless he's hiding an injury I don't see any need to worry in fact look how close these numbers are to last year Last year, he had a 31.6% strikeout rate. 
it's 31.7% this year. Last year, his walk rate was 9.1%. It's 8.8% this year. Uh, the big difference is he had a 241 batting average balls in play last year, so we knew there was some somewhat luck-induced and an 88% strand rate. Also a little bit lucky. But now it's gone too far in the other direction. The batting average of balls in play is 357. The strand rate is 66.6%. So it's not like it, the hard contact is down. Again, the velocity is fine. It just seems like he's going through a stretch where he's trying to figure things out, not using the curve as much. So I'm really not worried about Blake Snell here. I mean, his swing and strike percentage is 18%. It's more than last year of uh, 15.1%. And he's throwing more first pitch strikes too, which is a little why the, the walks are surprising. But I just think it's a, a tough stretch here, uh, you know, going against the Yankees, the Twins, and, and some bad luck. So as a Blake Snell, and I don't have Blake Snell anywhere, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. I would look to be uh, sending uh, offers for Snell. It just looks like it's a really bad stretch here uh, where he's just kind of struggled through some things. And every pitcher goes through it, and especially in today's environment. It's just really difficult when you don't have your stuff and the ball being as juiced as it is to come through. Max Kepler, by the way, left yesterday's game. He was hit by a pitch on the right elbow. X-rays were negative. We'll have an MRI today. And Brad Hand, five runs yesterday without recording it out. His first blown save this year at 23 opportunities. He was working for the fifth time in six days. So I don't think there's anything to worry about there. He's been great this year. When we return, I'll be joined by Fantasy Taz from FFChamps.com. We'll talk football with him here on Full Time Fantasy. DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game, so test your skills at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to claim your risk-free $500 bet. That's a $500 risk-free bet at DraftKings Sportsbook when you go to sportsgrid.com slash DK. So head on over to sportsgrid.com slash DK and claim your risk-free bet today. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today.
It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon. Don't forget, check us out, fulltimefantasy.com. We got you ready for fantasy football. Sean Childs with in-depth team outlooks, latest look at the Carolina Panthers. So check that out today. Joining me now to talk some football Known him for a while now. It is Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. You can find all his work at ffchamps.com. Taz, what's up? Hey, bud. How you doing? How was vacation? Uh, it was pretty good, man. Uh, I went to Barcelona and Ibiza. Good weather, good time. But I don't think a week is enough. Yeah, it never is. I, I do have one big question for you, though. Did you go topless in Ibiza? Uh, did I go topless? <laughs> well, for me, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I, I did see uh, I did see some nudity there, but not the kind of women that I wanted to see nude. If you know what oh, I mean. Oh yeah, that that's sometimes the problem. Yes, <laughs> sometimes you go to a nude beach and get all happy, saying, "Oh yeah," and then, "Oh no, put it back yeah, on, put it back see, on." Yeah, you see more wrinkles and uh, <laughs> sagginess than uh, you had hoped to see. But, you know, not, not something I can really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's uh, let people know what's going on with the uh, podcast network because you just keep adding people. So let people know where they can find it and all the, the good shows that we have coming up. Uh, well, it's, it's going crazy. We've got 16 different podcasts right now. We've got over 30 hours of podcast programming each and every week. They can find us on fulltimefantasy.com. Just uh, go to the podcast tab, and you'll see a, a page that th- explains every single podcast and what they're doing. And then each podcast has its own page with a player on it that you can play all their different podcasts. A lot of great stuff coming out. and uh, We put out, uh, I think, four new ones in the last 24 hours. So a lot of great things coming out. And, and like you said, we're continuing to grow. We're still looking for some more podcasts. We're looking for an IDP podcast. We're looking for a, a Dynasty podcast. We're hoping to bring on some DFS podcasts here soon. So, yeah, we're definitely continuing to build. All right. I am in the FSGA draft tomorrow. I got the number two overall pick in a PPR league. Assuming Saquon Barkley goes one, who would you take at number two overall this year? Uh, right now I have Elliott there. Um I, you know, the fact that they finally got him involved in the passing game last year, I think, is huge. I think if they're doing that all season, then, you know, his numbers are only going to go up. There is a slight concern that the NFL may step in over that little incident he had with the security guard. So I'm kind of hedging my bet with that. But, you know, I, again, we're, we're talking in any of the four for me, the top four for me is one tier. And, and that's Barkley, Elliott, uh Christian McCaffrey, and, of course, Kamara. So those those four of them are my top tier. So I could basically make a case for any one of them from one through four. So, it, you know, it really comes down to, to which you, your preference is. And then it also comes down to if you do a lot of drafts like we do, you have to diversify. You can't just take the same player all the time because that one player can take down all your teams at one time if he goes out for the season. Yeah, and that's something we talk about a lot. I would think a lot of people that listen to this show are pretty hardcore and play in multiple leagues, and sometimes many of us play double digits. And if you do do that, you do want to diversify. Yeah, it's great when that one player hits, but especially when you're talking you know, the early rounds when there is such a small difference, in my opinion, between I – w- I could say – I could see putting Kamara four. You want to say in the same tier. But I mean, could you see yourself taking him top three ahead of any of those guys? For me, he's kind of four because I don't see his workload increasing drastically. 
No, I agree, but I don't think it needs to either. He was so efficient with the workload that he has in that offense that I, you know, I don't really see a problem with it. Uh, he, he very easily could slide up into that, you know, into that first spot. No doubt. We're talking about, you know, a process of like two or three points a game separates these guys. So, you know, that's nothing to make up. Any one of them, you know, could could really just push it up just that little bit and become that number one. So I really – I can make a case for all four of them. Yeah. Actually, I could even add, start to add David Johnson into that list again. Okay, so he's getting close to you uh, in that tier. Why is that? Well, just because I'm hearing a lot of good things out of Arizona and, you know, what they're doing so far in OTAs. Of course, it's only, you know, shorts and T-shirts. Let's wait till training camp hits and see if this offense really comes together in pads. But, you know, at, at the very least, it's going to be a fast-moving offense that's going to have a lot of plays. Uh, you know, they'll be in a lot of games because they have a decent defense. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get to such a high number of plays where they have so many good fantasy outlets. Uh, you know, I just think David Johnson could easily get back into that, that same realm of being that top running back. How do you look at their wide receivers? Because they have several guys, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, drafted a couple of guys. Do you think one stands out above the other? Will it be spread out? Uh, you know, we're seeing, from what I've seen, Christian Kirk go the highest among those wide receivers. I just am in a draft now. He went in round seven. Uh, is he the preferred guy, or is there someone that you like late uh, that's a better value? Well, I, I do like Christian, and, you know, I'll take that chance on him in the seventh. He was really starting to come on and on the outside last year. And now, you know, going into this air raid offense, this is something that he fairly he played in an offense fairly close to this at Texas Tech. So this isn't, you know, a totally new scheme to him. A lot of this stuff will be uh, familiar to him, and he'll be able to work with it probably a lot quicker than the other guys. So I like that aspect of it. You know, I've, I've always been a Larry Fitzgerald guy. I just, I just love the guy. He plays to such a high level, uh, you know, and he, he's such a he, – he's not a prima donna like you would expect from a lot of these stud wide receivers. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I expect him to have a little bit of a bounce back year as well. But my concern here with the wide receivers is the fact that, you know, they're going to have four or five wide receivers on the field, you know, a lot. And because of that, the ball's going to get spread around a lot. So it's going to be hard to, to see which one really becomes that consistent guy. I, I'm Right now, I am betting on Kirk, but I like where I can also get Fitzgerald, you know, a few rounds later and take that shot. Are there prima donnas in the fantasy industry? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there, there's a few, but we won't, we won't get into that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Where... Where, what point in the first round, is, where's this stop gap where you say, all right, I'm not taking a running back, I'm taking a receiver here? It sounds like you're, you like David Johnson at five. Would you take a receiver at six? Is it important to get one of those running backs, or do you think there's a drop-off? Like, where's the point where you go, all right, I'm taking a wide receiver here? I'm pretty much trying to get a running back in the first round. Um, and for the basic reason is – you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm doing an article right now about overvalued running backs. And the more I look at it, all the running backs 
in that second, early third range are all guys that have some serious concerns. Uh, you know, whether it be injury, whether it be workload, whether it be anything that, you know, Cook, I love Cook, but he, you know, the injury concern, Fournette, you got the injury and the idiocy concerns. Um, you know, there's a, a bunch of them. You know, can Bell be the same uh, Le'Veon Bell that he was with Pittsburgh in Jersey? I just don't know if he can. This is an offense that's so totally different. Um, you know, he, he's not going to have that great offensive line in front of him. He's got a head coach that normally runs some of the fewest number of plays in a game of any head coach in the league. You know, all of this stuff combined, it's just there's so many holes in the second, third round running back groups that are being drafted now, according to ADP, that, you know, I, I have concerns. So I really, really am trying to get one of these studs in the first round that I feel more comfortable with. And then I can come back and either grab a tight end or a wide receiver in the second, possibly the third, and go from there. Because, you know, there's a couple of running backs in the fourth and, and fifth that I'll take a chance on, you know, that I still think can give me the value that some of these guys that are in the second and third are going now. You know, I think in early drafts, maybe a month ago, we saw James Conner pretty much a fixture at the end of round one. Then we've heard some talk recently, including from Conner himself, that he might not get the biggest workload and they'll mix in Jalen Samuels. We saw Conner in our last online championship draft go as the 10th running back off the board in the middle of the second round. Are we pushing him down the board too much or are there legitimate concerns that maybe he doesn't deserve to go in the top 15 picks? Nah, I, I think it's all garbage. First of all, I could care less what he says. What he says means nothing. He's just trying to be a team player and say all the right things. But this team uses one back predominantly, and that's not going to change. Um, and he was that back right up until he ran out. And, you know, I, I get that. He wasn't used to that bigger role, and all of a sudden it got thrust on him because Bell didn't come in. So, you know, this year he'll be ready for it. He'll They'll go with it. Um, they may, you know, limit his touches a little bit. But the fact of the matter is Connor did better last year than Bell ever did when Bell was in that offense. He had better numbers across the board than Bell ever had. So I don't see that changing this year. I think they're just a little bit smarter about making sure they get him into the playoffs healthy and ready to go. Talking to Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz from FFChamps.com. Uh, how about Damian Williams? It seems like people either love Damian Williams or think he's going to be a bust. Where do you stand on Damian Williams? I love Damian Williams. I mean, he does everything this offense needs of him. Uh, you know, he can run inside. He can run outside. You know, he can catch the ball all over the place. They can even move him out to the slot if they want to. Uh, he's a good pass protector. So he does everything this offense needs of him. The fact of the matter is, though, we just have a very short window of him doing it on a consistent basis, and that's four games. So, you know, that really doesn't tell a tale of whether or not he can hold up over a full season with that kind of workload, anything like that. And then the fact that they went out and got Carlos Hyde, who's another running back that can basically do all of those same things. And for all you people out there to think Carlos Hyde is toast, you're wrong. Um, you're absolutely wrong. The guy could still run. Last year was just a crazy year. Cleveland wanted to go with Chubb. Jacksonville, I have no idea why they even traded for Hyde. That was just a stupid move by a stupid organization. Um, but Hyde is definitely not done, and that's concerning to me. And right now, Williams is going in the second round. And because of that, I mean, they're the unknown – of whether or not he can make it full 16 games, the unknown of how how long they're going to wait until they give 
hide a chance. All of that stuff comes into play. And now I'm looking at, you know what, maybe he, as much as I like him and as much as I want him to succeed in that role and be a good fantasy player, I just don't know if I can invest a second round pick in him. We all know how good A.J. Green is. Uh, and obviously injuries were a factor last year. He He's fallen to the third round now. He was the 11th wide receiver off the board. Third pick around three in our online championship draft that was just held recently. Are you all over that there, or you're still worried about him uh, with the injuries getting a little bit older? No, I, I still like him around there, but, you know, it really depends on who else is around there. There's been some other wide receivers that have fallen into that range as well. But, yeah, no, I, I do still like A.J. Green. He's still a powerful player. Uh, you know, he scores touchdowns, things you want from him. Um, you know, it, a lot of it's going to come down to training camp and how much he actually gets on the field. But I, I don't think I really have a lot of concerns for him. If I can grab him where I think he presents a good value, I'm absolutely going to do that. But I would have no problem expecting him to, you know, get over 1,000 yards again um, and probably get, you know, seven to eight touchdowns. Someone else in that range is Amari Cooper, a guy that in the past I've kind of stayed away from because I just didn't like the inconsistency and he seemed to get shut down by top corners. And if he wasn't involved in the game early, he kind of disappeared. But then he went to Dallas and he was pretty good. I know I had a couple games where he didn't do much, but we rarely see wide receivers in the middle of the season go to a new team and excel the way he did. Now, you could say, well, there was no one else to throw to, and they incorporated him quickly. But we see wide receivers as free agents with an entire offseason changing teams and have difficulty adjusting. Cooper seemed like he wanted to be there, uh, seemed like he had a good connection with Dak Prescott. Is that good enough to take him as maybe 12th, 13th receiver off the board? I think so. Uh, the one thing, you know, that – we, we found out about him is that he really loves to go up and get the ball, throw it up above him, let him go get it. He'll fight for it. He'll, he'll, he's very strong that way. And that's the best part of his game. Um, if, if you throw the ball into his body, his hand placement is almost always wrong of how he's trying to catch that ball. And it leads to a lot of issues for him. Um, you know, a lot of bobble balls, a lot of drop balls, just because, you know, he doesn't know how to place his hands when he's trying to catch the ball to his body. But now that, you know, he's with Dak, Dak has no problem throwing it up and let him go get it. And that's why we're seeing him start to have some of these bigger games is because Dak is not concerned with that. Derek Carr just did not do that. He, you know, he was always forcing the ball right into his body. And if you go back and look at film, you could just see that he wasn't sure where he should place his hands when he was trying to catch that ball. And a lot of times he was trapping it against his body. Derrick Henry basically was non-existent for the first 10 weeks or so last year. And then if you were fortunate enough to hang in the playoff hunt and have him, uh, you probably benched him for that big game against Jacksonville. Maybe you used him the next week against the Giants, but obviously he had a huge finish to the year. We know he doesn't catch many passes, only 15 receptions last year. We see him go in the third round. Do you like him in that spot? Do you think this is a big season and Tennessee is just going to feed him the football, or are we going to see inconsistency like we did last year? Yeah, I'm a little scared at that price tag. Um, you know, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with him in the fifth round, but in the third round, that, that scares me a lot. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good runner, and we saw, you know, at the end of the season, like he said, you know, weeks 14 and 15, what he could do. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he just really, I mean, he railed on Jacksonville and then the Giants. Uh, six touchdowns, two games, what, almost 400 yards, or actually a little over 400 yards in those two games rushing alone. 
you know, he, he definitely showed that he's the type of guy that needs to get fed to really get up to speed. He's one of those guys that seems to get better as the game goes on, and you got to keep feeding him with something they really didn't do early on in the season. You know, he had too many games where he was getting under 10 touches a game, and that kind of running back never builds any steam, gets anything going with those few touches. So if they keep feeding him the ball, I think absolutely this is a guy that could be a, a top 12 running back, but I just have my doubts on whether or not they will do that. What player going in the first round scares you the most? Ooh, in the first round scares me the most. Uh, well, right now, Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, he's on, on full-time fantasy on the FFWC. He's coming off the board as the, the ninth overall pick, and that scares the bejesus out of me. I, I, don't, I can't buy it. You go, second-year quarterback who played better at the end of the year, I'll give you that. But the offensive line just isn't the same as what he's used to. Uh, you know, he's a he- he's always been a hesitant runner where he's patient and he's trying to build off his line. With a with a bad offensive line, you can't really do that. you got to be more decisive. And I'm going to be interesting, interested to see if he can change his game that way. But that early in the first round, he's definitely my biggest concern. Uh, you don't trust the guy who left two women naked in his bed with his jewelry. Stunning. No, no, that guy I trust. It's the guy that's on the football field I don't trust. <laughs> By the way, Bell averaged four yards per carry in his last year with Pittsburgh. He really was not that good behind that offensive line. I know the volume was there, but it was one of his worst years, and taking a year off, uh, I agree with you. That's the guy I would pick two in round one that definitely has concern. I can see it working out, but I can also see some downside there as well. That is Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. Find him at ffchamps.com. Jim, good talking to you. We will talk again shortly. Thank you, Adam. Talk to you soon. And when we return, we will wrap it up, taking a look at some of the action from baseball this afternoon and lineups for tonight. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Full-time fantasy. Gun to your head, Zeke or McCaffrey? I think McCaffrey, but man, it's hard to pass on Zeke. Remember, they didn't have an offensive line that was 100% last year. They should do this year. They didn't have Cooper for half the year. He really helped. 
Zeke was involved heavily in the passing game last year. Zeke has stayed healthy. Biggest risk with Zeke is, you know, does a suspension happen because of that off-the-field incident, which I don't think so, but it's the NFL. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here it is, full-time fantasy. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, if you're ready to draft fantasy football, head on over to playffwc.com. we got a draft tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, the starter of full season league, $35 to enter, eight spots remaining. we got an online championship draft, $299 to enter, but nice grand prize of 50 k And again, if you draft early now, you might be able to get some of your values, players that are going in round 10 right now, might be going in round 7 as you get close to the season. So that's the advantage of drafting early. Uh, that one is 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, so those are the drafts for today. Tomorrow, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, the start of best ball draft. Six spots remain in that one. That's a 24-round draft for the 90-second clock. So plenty of different price points, different formats, best ball, online championships, world championships. Just go to playffbc.com and see what suits your needs best. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. And I moved to Jersey a few years ago from New York. And one of the benefits is getting to do some sports wagering, which is a lot of fun. So if you are in Jersey, definitely take advantage of that offer. And, you know, if you're just learning, we'll help you out. Uh, We we can answer any questions that you have. And it's really like DFS, game selection, knowing what you're good at. Some people, it's player props. Maybe you're good at the in-game, live in-game wagering where you see things happen. And they're not as quick to adjust. Obviously, they have a lot of time before to look at the lines and the spreads. So... Maybe you find something where you feel like there's a, a mistake that you could take advantage of and win some money. So uh, get into it. Trust me, it is growing, and, and uh, you don't have to bet on everything. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, let's take a look at some afternoon baseball. That's the one good thing about Wednesday afternoon. We get some day baseball, which is always a good thing for me. I uh, just don't love the day baseball on Monday because we got some lineup decisions to make in weekly leagues. I don't mind the start of 7 p.m. But Wednesday, day baseball, Thursday, love it. Uh, right now, top of the eighth, White Sox lead the Red Sox 6-4. to four. Actually, they're going to the bottom of the eighth. As I mentioned, Lurie Garcia playing shortstop today with Tim Anderson suffering from a high ankle injury, likely to land on the injured list. Garcia's 2-4 for four with two runs scored. Jose Abreu, 2-4 for four with a run and two RBIs. Uh, he's had a pretty good year, only hitting 258, but he's 57 RBIs and hit for some power. James McCann has got to be one of the top Waiver wire pickups for catchers. Now, again, home runs and RBIs, not great. Eight homers, 25 RBIs. But he's hitting 330. 330 from a catcher. He's hitting cleanup today. So he's been pretty good. And I thought about writing an article on that about a lot of the catchers that have actually been productive. 
uh, this year. Now, some of the guys near the top haven't been. You know, Danny Jansen has sucked. Buster Posey has sucked. But we've, we've had a lot of guys kind of come off the waiver wire uh, and produce this year. So it hasn't been that bad. Um, if you were fortunate enough to draft Wilson Contreras, he's been great and actually have him in a few leagues. Obviously, Gary Sanchez has been great, uh, but a lot of disappointment. So Wilson Ramos has been okay. JT Room, you know, I think you expected more for where you drafted him, but a lot of these guys coming off the waiver wire that have really produced pretty well this year. As we mentioned, Yoan Moncada hit by a crest cell pitch in the knee. Uh, it's knee contusion. He is day-to-day. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez actually had a pretty decent start. I'd never use him against the Red Sox. He is a matchup play, and even in a good matchup, he scares the hell out of me. He's got a 6.12 ERA, but he somehow today went six innings, nine hits, three runs a walk, and three Ks in a home run. Uh, but I would never use him against the Red Sox. Uh, for the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez, his 17th home run of the season, hitting 288, 17 homers, 45 RBI. So he's had the, the back soreness from back spasms time to time. That's forced him to miss some games. Raphael Devers has had a great year. Three for four with three runs. He's hitting 323. He's a guy that I wanted, but I didn't get him in any leagues just because there were so many third basemen that I liked this year. It just didn't work out where I could get Devers, uh, but he's had a really good year. I remember we heard some talk in the spring about him potentially hitting third. He's hit like fifth, sixth for the most part. But Andrew Benatendi out with those heavy legs, so hitting two today. Jackie Bradley really picked it up lately. He's two for three. Michael Chavis, it looked like he was going to get benched for a while, but with the injuries to Mitch Worland, he's been playing a lot of first base, and they kept him in lineup, and he's been okay. Chris Sale, real rough start to the day. He allowed three runs in the first inning, two in the third. But as you expect from an ace, he bounced back, and it could have been a lot worse. He did not give you the Blake Snell appearance that we saw two starts ago against the Yankees. Sale still managed to go six innings, six hits, one walk, so the whip is fine. Five runs obviously hurt your A, but he struck out 10. So it could have been a lot worse for Chris Sale, who obviously has pitched much better after that rough start to the season, as we've kind of just seen pretty much every elite arm get bombed at some point this year. It's been a crazy year. Uh, the Yankees, they lead the Blue Jays 7-6 to six in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, another shaky start for James Paxton. I don't think this guy is healthy, man. I really don't. Uh, the knee has been a problem. The one thing about Paxton, when he's been on the mound, he's been dominant. The biggest problem for Paxton has been injuries. And I had him in our preseason pro picks as my American League pitcher bust of the year. I wasn't going to, I'm not taking a guy in round 10. I'm not going to take the easy way out. So I wanted a guy going early. And it's not about Paxton's skills, it's Paxton's health. The guy has never thrown more than 161 innings in a season. And I felt like he wouldn't. And I'm interested to see what the post game comments are. Because remember, when he was going through his rehab, he said he still felt pain in his knee and he would find a way to pitch through it. So a lot of players do this, they're not 100%. They try to fight through it. And no one ever is going to be 100%, especially as we get into the middle of the season. But I think it's affecting Paxton right now. Four and a third innings, eight hits, six runs, four walks, three strikeouts, and three home runs. That was the other thing I worried about was him coming to Yankee Stadium and the home runs, even though it's better for left-handed pitching. But definitely concerned about Paxton going into the year and a 4.34 ERA right now. DJ LeMayhew, man. Oh, my goodness. This guy's on fire. He had his 12th home run today. He had two RBIs. That's 12 homers, 50 RBIs, 54 RBIs, batting 337 with a 386 OVP. I didn't see this coming. I really didn't. I didn't think he would get the playing time that he did. Now, of course, the injury to Miguel Andujar has opened it up because if they were completely healthy, you know, he probably 
there's no spot to play. If you have Glaber at second, Didi at short, and Andujar at third, but it was a smart signing, you know, providing depth. You know, the Yankees have had a lot of injuries, and they have not missed anything. I mean, this team is 51-28. and 28. Uh, They're equipped to withstand some of these injuries because they built good depth. Uh, other teams can't. They lose a couple stars. They're in trouble. So uh, LeMahieu is just uh, tearing it up. Aaron Judge starting to get going. He homered yesterday. Two for four with a run and two RBIs today. Luke Voigt with two more hits and an RBI. D.D. Gregorius hit a home run in his second of the year. His team is just stacked offensively. It's insane. For the Blue Jays, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., two more home runs. He's now got 12 homers and 30 RBIs. He's hitting 306 with a 353 OBP. Guy's been on fire ever since they called him back up. He started the year with the team. He struggled. He was not good defensively at second base. He's been playing a lot of outfield now. Boy, man, I was able to pick him up in two leagues, including Tout Wars. He's been tremendous. Uh, But as I've said, when you play in a lot of leagues, you always have a league or two where nothing goes right. And it's been a pretty good year for me so far in most leagues, uh, for the most part, I I would say. But there are a couple leagues where I'm really struggling, and one of them is the NFBC auction. And nothing can go right. It's like guys getting hurt, out for the year. And that league, Lotus Gurriel drafted him for two, three bucks, middle infielder. And once he gets cut, sent down in the minor leagues, I had Clevenger hurt, Judge hurt, uh, Severino, a bunch of guys hurt throughout the year. So you can't hold on, cut him. And, of course, comes back up, don't get him back, and he's been tremendous. So happens to everybody. And Danny Jansen with his third home run of the year, man, talk about one of the worst catchers this year. He was pretty much a consensus top 10 and top 7, top 8 in a lot of leagues. And he has been absolutely abysmal if you held on to him, uh, just not producing at all. The Indians are up on the Royals 5-1 to one this afternoon. Trevor Bauer on the mound and uh, giving you that good performance that you were expecting consistently that just hasn't happened enough this year. But six and two-thirds innings, three hits, an earned run, a walk, 12 Ks, 127 pitches, 79 for strikes, ERA now at 3.55 for the year. Jake Junis, six innings, nine hits, four earned runs, a walk, and four Ks. He's allowed two home runs. Tyler Naquin is sixth home run of the year. He also homered yesterday. And Jake Bowers, who was scratched from the lineup, I think it was yesterday or Monday, he's back. He had his 10th home run of the year as he's really picked it up lately. Francisco Lindor, really good year for him after starting the year on the injured list. Three for four with two runs. He stole his 12th base of the season. So he's been really good. Lucas Duda, his third home run for Kansas City. Uh, again, as the Indians lead this game 5-2 to two in the top of the ninth. I doubt we see Brad Hand today as now it has just evolved into a safe situation. But, uh, well, there's one out, so it's uh, it's not. But I will not see Brad Hand today after he was terrible yesterday. But keep in mind, it was the fifth time in six days he pitched. So I'm not worried about Brad Hand. He's been tremendous this year. Uh, the Padres in Baltimore to take on the Orioles as they uh, had a great night offensively last night. It is now 3-1 Padres in the top of the third inning. Greg Garcia with his third home run of the season. Fran Mil Reyes, his 21st home run of the season. Fernando Tatis Jr. with his 10th stolen base, one for one with a walk. He has been tremendous. 327 average, 399 OBP. I had to trade him in a keeper league last year uh, at the deadline to ensure that I win a championship. And I've always said it. I will always go for the championship. I'm not afraid to give up prospects. My team is still good this year anyway. So, uh, But that's the lesson. I get a lot of questions. If you're in contention to win, I will always go for it. I don't mind giving up the prospect. Renato Nunez, one for one with an RBI. Dylan Bundy's on the mound. He's actually been pretty good. 
Uh, but struggling today, two and a third, four hits, four runs, three walks, a K, and two home runs allowed. Uh, as the Padres uh, now lead this game uh, four to one, so they just added another run uh, in Baltimore. They must love it there uh, for uh, the Padres now up four to one here in the uh, top of the third inning. Matt Strom on the mound. Uh, two innings, two hits, a run, no walks, three Ks, only thrown 23 pitches. And we're always worried about the pitch count for him. Uh, they're going to watch his innings because, remember, he was a reliever last year. So uh, I have him in a couple leagues, and I'll just use him for as long as he is in the starting rotation uh, for the year. Dodgers and Diamondbacks just underway, no score, bottom one. And the Rockies and Giants, no score as they go to the bottom of the first inning. So, a lot of day baseball here today. Keep in mind, as I mentioned, Jake Lamb back activated off the injury list. He's in the lineup today at first base hitting fifth. Uh, and uh, also uh, the Rockies, uh, remember they placed Brandon Rogers on the injured list. So tough break for him as he was about to get some playing time. And Alex Dickerson, he's been pretty good. I picked him up in TGFBI. I did not use him this week, uh, but he's been performing well. He's hitting cleanup today for the Giants. The Mets are in Philadelphia tonight. Jason Vargas against Nick Pavetta. Fourth of the Phillies. Scott Kingery on fire. Now hitting leadoff in center field. Hit his 10th homer last night. Gene Segura is at shortstop hitting second. Bryce Harper is in right field hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romuto behind the plate hitting fifth. Jay Bruce in left field hitting sixth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting seventh. Mikel Franco starting to get that playing time once again. Uh, he's homered in two straight games. He's at third base hitting eighth. And Nick Pavetta on the mound batting ninth. The Nationals in Miami, it'll be Patrick Corbin against Zach Gallen, who was one of the top waiver wire pickups over the weekend for the Nationals. Trey Turner leads it off at short. Adam Eaton's in right field, batting second. Anthony Rendon's at third base, hitting third. Juan Soto in left field, hitting cleanup. Matt Adams at first base, hitting fifth. Victor Robles in center field, hitting sixth. Brian Dozier at second base, hitting seventh. Jan Gomes, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Patrick Corbin on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Miguel Rojas at shortstop leads it off. Harold Ramirez in left field batting second. Garrett Cooper at first base hitting third. Brian Anderson in right field hitting cleanup. Starlin Castro at second base hitting fifth. Cesar Puello in center field hitting sixth. Brian Holiday in the catcher hitting seventh. Yadiel Rivera at third base hitting eighth. And Gallon on the mound batting ninth. The Rangers in Detroit. Mike Minor against Matthew Boyd for the Rangers. Delano DeShields leads it off in center field. Danny Santana gets a start at second base as Rugnetto Odor gets the day off. Elvis Andrews at shortstop hitting third. Nomar Mazzara in right field hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in left field hitting fifth. Logan Forsyth at third base hitting sixth. Willie Calhoun the DH hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base hitting eighth. And Jeff Mathis the catcher batting ninth. For the Tigers, Jacoby Jones leads it off in center field. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting second. Miguel Cabrera the DH hitting third. Brandon Dixon in left field hitting cleanup. Nico Goodrum at shortstop hitting fifth. Heimer Candelara at third base hitting sixth. Rodriguez at first base hitting seventh. John Hicks the catcher hitting eighth. And Gordon Beckham at second base batting ninth. The A's in St. Louis. Daniel Mengden against Adam Wainwright. Marcus Simeon leads it off at short. Matt Chapman's at third base hitting second. Matt Olson at first base hitting third. Chris Davis in left field hitting cleanup. So he gets the uh, outfield assignment here in the National League Park. Mark Conha at center field hitting fifth. Stephen Piscotti in right field hitting sixth. Jarrickson Profar at second base hitting seventh. Bo Taylor, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Mengden on the mound, batting ninth. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter gets the day off. It'll be Tommy Edmond leading off at third base. Paul Goldschmidt at first base hitting second. Paul DeYoung at short, hitting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting cleanup. 
Jose Martinez in right field hitting fifth. Yadier Molina in center field hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field hitting seventh. Uh, Yadier Molina is catching. Colt Wong at second base hitting eighth. And Adam Wainwright on the mound batting ninth. The Braves in Chicago. Dallas Keuchel against Hugh Darvish. It'll be Ronald Acuna in center field. Dansby Swanson at short. Freddie Freeman at first base. Josh Donaldson at third. Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth. Ozzy Albies moved up in the order against uh, Darvish hitting at second base hitting sixth. Brian McCann, the catcher, hitting seventh. Johan Camargo in left field hitting eighth as uh, Austin Riley gets the day off. And Dallas Keuchel on the mound batting ninth. For the Cubs, Albert Almora leading off at center field. Chris Bryant in left field hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base hitting third. Javier Baez at short hitting cleanup. Wilson Contreras behind the plate hitting fifth. Jason Hayward in right field hitting sixth. Addison Russell at second hitting seventh. David Bode at third base hitting eighth. Hugh Darvish on the mound batting ninth as Kyle Schwarber gets the night off. Reds in Anaheim. Tanner Roark against Jaime Berea for the Reds. Jesse Winker in left field. Joey Votto at DH. Eugenio Suarez at third base. Derek Dietrich gets the start at first base hitting cleanup. Nick Senzel in center field hitting fifth. Yasiel Puig's in right field hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias at shortstop hitting seventh. Tucker Barnhart behind the plate in the eighth. And Jose Peraza gets the start at second base hitting ninth. Max Kepler was hit by a pitch yesterday and left the game. Uh, he is not in the lineup tonight for the Twins. Not a surprise here. I haven't seen any update on his injury just yet. Uh, so those are some of the lineups for tonight. Make sure you head on over to playffwc.com. we got two drafts tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, to start our full season league. And our online championship draft, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. So hop in there and get a crack at that big money. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon. I will not be here. I will be at the FSGA draft. So we'll talk about that draft on Friday. But Dr. Roto will be here tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.